Hello, welcome to episode 210 of Three Bears a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. You're He's back, back again. You're He's back, back again. Barry for, for, last week, but you're back again this week. I'm, I'm back again. We need to get Barry on with... We need to get all of us on at one time. Do I'm invested. Barry is now free on Saturdays, but unfortunately you're never free on a Saturday, <laughs> which is a bit of a pain in the ass. So um, we'll have to try and figure a way around it. Um, mm. Pubs and stuff are opening back up again and it's full capacity and all that kind of stuff and there's no issue we get in now. So maybe that maybe at some point we can decide we can all meet up in um, the city and do this on a... And, and actually see each other and touch and stuff like that. Yeah, Ooh, we'll do everything. This... <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. Um, yeah, we're doing this again on a Friday night. It's a bit late, um, half past eight. Again, we're doing these later ones now, Jack. It's quite nice to be sort of chilled out and relaxed for it. Um, it's good after a, it's good after a hard day at work because it's just like kind of released. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, exactly. I, That's, okay. Especially on a Friday when you've had a long week at work, it's nice to just get together. That's what we used to do. This whole point of this was so we could get together and chat about random movies. It was kind of the general yeah. idea behind it, you know. Our, so our after work release is just yeah, let's talk film. So let's yeah, talk film. This and feel happy about life. Um, are you drinking anything of note tonight? Um, I'm I'm drinking um, Lamb's spiced rum. Tonight. Ooh, that's you're, so, you're, you're pissing all over this beer aspect by by embracing rum and spirits of late. So, sorry, about, but uh, yeah, it's uh, Lamb's. It's called Lamb's spiced rum. It's called and it's um, it's quite tasty. There's an age thing when you hit a certain age, you start to appreciate rum. Because my dad, no, he started liking rum again. I'd never ever tried it, and then Lorraine. I'd be trying Morgan's one day, and I was like, "That's fucking nice." Yeah. It just—it was one of those things. I thought I didn't like it, but I'd never actually tried it. And then when I tried yeah. it, I was like, "That's nice." Plus, it is—it's banana, isn't it? It's just bananas. Yeah. It's probably yeah. rubbish. Yeah. So yeah. um, tastes um, like banana, smells like banana. Is that what it is? Is, is rum made from bananas? Yeah, it's because it's a uh, Caribbean. Do you know what I mean so they, they grow bananas like fucking vodka, totties, Russia? Do you know what I mean? It's just, oh, it's all, it's all regional. Do you know? I didn't know what rum was made from. Honestly, I didn't know yeah. what it was made from. Bananas I assume rum, rum was more like, like it was like whiskey, but like sort of slightly no, different. No, it's um it's quite sweet. You, you smell the banana, you get the banana through. So you do you can have ah. the banana come right through. So it's sweet and quite it's really nice for lemonade. It's too nice for lemonade. It's what's, just a problem. What's Malibu? Is Malibu rum? Malibu is a it's a coconut rum, I believe. Ah, okay, because so Joe a lighter one, I think, yeah. Because Jill likes yeah. rum, so she drinks that. I've, I've, I've tried a sip of that, and it was way too sweet for me. I'm not really into the, yeah. the sweet drinks. So, um, so yeah. See, I'm, I'm, that's why I like schnapps so much, is because yes. it's, like, it's like drinking candy, do you know what I mean? So I, I do like the sweet drinks, but yeah, rum rum works. So it was Lorraine that introduced me to it a few years ago, and yeah, it's, Look at you. it's a staple. A, a, a renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what are you drinking? I've got a personal, a favourite one. We've had it before. It's Little Creatures from mm. Australia. Um, I've had it many times before. I got a crate of it through the last month or so. Just, I think it was my birthday, actually, um, just to celebrate my birthday. So, yeah, it's a, it's a favourite. You can now buy it here, not quite easily, but you can get it from from you know places. Um, so you have to go. Is it brewed, brewed in Australia? Yes. Yeah, yes. genuine. So it's genuine imported. You can buy. Place. I think there's. We've got. A, I think they're open a brewery. There's some part brewery down in London now, but I don't think you can buy it as easily from there. Or you probably could, but it does taste slightly different. We've got two breweries in Australia. We've got one in Geelong, which is in uh, Melbourne area. Um, or not. It's away. It's a little bit away from Melbourne. People from Geelong won't like to say it's in uh, Geelong as Melbourne. Um, and also one in Fremantle, which is just south of Perth, and that's like sort of the OG one. That's one I I frequented. Um, for a large portion of my time when I was in uh, the Fremantle area, lovely. So drink. you're just you're drinking your memories here, aren't you? Every drink you're having, you're just getting these flashbacks, and that is all it is. That is <laughs> as soon as I drink it, it's um, it just it just tastes like two thousand, like two thousand seven, I think, two thousand eight, essentially to me. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I love it, and it is amazing. And I've got like, yeah. 
tons of my family have worked in the brewery and stuff like that. So it's nice to I've got a good connection with that brewery. I like it. Nice. Um, I've tried it before. I've had it before. It's a nice, but it's a nice drink as well. I mean, no, it's not just like it's important. It's, it is like a genuine nice, it's genuinely nice, nice tasting beer. Yeah, it's a good summer beer as well. You can you can drink yeah. a few of them and not feel too drunk, as I learned from my in my past. Well, <laughs> um, so we'll start off with any sort of movie news. Anything of interest is um, passed over your eyes in terms of movie news. I don't think I've noticed yeah. anything. Usually I'll kind of scan like the kind of articles and stuff in the Guardian, but I've not been paying as close attention this week, yeah. so I don't think there's there's been anything major that's jumped out of me that I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I'm much the same. Nothing really, nothing's really jumping out at I me. Mean, I feel like that's really interesting, you know. What's interesting Which is, is the BBC put a thing up, I think it was maybe BBC or maybe um, possibly I, I can't remember, a newspaper put it up or something about... That cinema t- people are not going back to cinema and the numbers. I've seen that, yeah. They're down 50%. 50%, which to me yeah. feels about right from what I've been seeing when I've been going to cinema. It feels like about that. Um, it probably will creep back up as like months and weeks go back or go on. But yeah. I think we just, what basically we go to Cinema World, which I think you go to as well. And I think they have the the the, the card, you know, sort of the membership card where you can go and see as many films you want for mm. set price. I think you've still yeah. got yours, yeah? Yeah, yeah, still. Yeah. Um, so what I'm seeing really, people who are going to cinema, the people who have that card, like predominantly mm-hmm. it's people who have that card are going, and then they're picking up some business elsewhere. You know, I guess people have been locked down for like a year and a half now, so I suppose that they'll, they'll probably want to kind of fucking let do other things, restaurants stuff for like that, and then eventually uh, they'll be like, right, let's you know what was normal before, and it was like yeah, go to the cinema. So plus as well, but there's not been. Much out, do you know? No, what I mean? much it's... out, and I think the people who are going to cinema now are people who cinema is their main thing. Like for me, cinema yeah. is still my main love and my main joy. So that's yeah. where I'm going. But if you're maybe a guy like sort of immediate friends who like who enjoy the cinema, they'll maybe go twice a month. They might now be going once a month because yeah. you know they've got other things they've not they've been missing out on. Um, and like you said, the, the the range of films out this now is pretty narrow. It's it's really yeah. just big hitters. This week coming, I would say. There seems to be a bit more opening up in terms of the more lower rent releases and sort of the sort of like indies and things like that. So that was quite interesting to see. So hopefully this week um, I can go out and see some more stuff because really I've been seeing all the stuff and I'm just sort of I'm waiting for more stuff to come. Yeah, yeah. Um, what scared me when I seen that article most of all was um, the, the number one um, money making movie in the UK so far is Peter fucking Peter Rabbit, Rabbit Two. Too. Which is Un- nuts. Um, it's Once nuts. Bond comes out. Yeah. Yeah, and Bond will smash it. Bond it? will yeah. smash it, but well, not Bond yeah. will come um, this year, I don't know. Bond still seems to be sort of... It's all over the place, isn't it? It's been yeah. like, that's like a carrot now. They're kind of just dangling. Dang- and they keep showing you the trailer and it looks good. Yeah. And I'm like, I want, I want to see this. And they keep fucking postponing it. I think they are genuinely scared to release it when people aren't going back. Or was any, when there's any sort of people like still wanting social distance. Because mm. cinemas right now are still social distance to some degree. It went from like three seats between you, now it's down to one seat between you. Right. Um, so I think they're terrified of the idea of, of even missing out on any business. They want it to be packed into packed, packed cinemas because they want all that business. And I think that's what it is. Which is, it, it's becoming chicken and egg, isn't it? Because uh-huh. if you don't release the movie, people won't go to see it. Do you know what I mean? And people yeah. aren't going to go until you release a movie they want to see as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you've got to release a movie to get the crowds in. Yeah, I think what they were surprised at more was the fact they put Black Widow out there and that, that didn't bring them people back in the numbers they thought. Same with mm. um, Fast and the Furious 9 didn't bring folks back yeah. in the same way yeah. either. 
Black Widow was was second for takings, but then Black Widow was released on streaming at the same time. So how many people thought, fuck it, I'm going to put on my 50-inch OLED TV and watch it on that? Do you know what I mean? Rather than the cinema. Well, I think the, um, I think the, the streaming option is better. If you if you could, like so, if you're watching your kids, that would feasibly cost you like fifty quid to go and see a movie, or mm. sixty quid to go and see a film. Whereas right now you can, you can rent it on Disney Plus for like twenty two quid, which yeah. is an expensive rental, but it's still twenty five quid cheaper than what you'd be getting if you were yeah. having to. You but know, then it's the experience into the cinema. Do you know what I mean? 100%. In your house, watching something in the house with kids as well, it's just fucking nonstop. I'm up down. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. No paying attention with in the cinema. You're just Focus, do you know what I mean? Just yes. focus on that. Yeah. 100%, 100%. So here's hoping people do come back. But also in a way, I hope people who do come back are the people who are like yourself, who are cinema aficionados, who know how to set Because I've, no, I've enjoyed being in cinema recently and no one's been an arsehole. Yeah, it's all been quite well-behaved audiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Been, it's been well, nice. It's really, that always bothers you more than it does me. I'm quite tolerant of it. I'm like, kind of, okay, unless there's kind of, you know, people arguing and stuff, that annoys me, but I, can, I don't mind about it. Nonsense, but you get really, really antsy about it, man. I do. I don't. I don't like people <laughs> behaving in um, sort of in a, a way towards the cinema that's not complete reverence. To be honest, laughing, in, in, being scared in, is fine, but talking during a film or like sort of looking at your phone, mouth, I, I want to kill them. In fact, I've got to share a wee story with, with the listeners. Um, that one of your stories from from the cinema. So I don't know if you remember the time where um. I can't remember what we were going to see, but me, you, and think Jill was there. We were sitting kind of down. There was an old couple behind us, and they were chatting away to each other and chatting and chatting, and the trailer's finished, and they were chatting to each other. And then the, the kind of film started, and the credits came up, and they were still chatting, and the film started, they were still chatting, and you turned around, and you said to the old guy, is she going to do this a full film? <laughs> <laughs> and it just stopped. <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel something you got to really, something you got to call it out because people, I think the people think that they're in the living room and it's sort of like really fucking frustrating. I've done it a few times. Like the one I really like to use now and again is if someone's talking, I go, um, like if I know who directed the film, I go like, "Is your name Steven Spielberg?" And if they go, "No," I go, well, "Shut the fuck up!" Then I don't know what. <laughs> um, that one was probably because it was like a wee, just a wee old couple just chatting away and in their mid 50s, 60s, maybe. oh, they were older, and, but, but their faces were just like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was probably about it. It, it should be up to the end. So, I like, I like cinema to treat it appropriately, is what, is what it is. That's, that's all that is. Um, speaking of cinema, I know you've not been to cinema this week, but what have you been watching? Okay, so a couple of things I've watched. Um, one thing that, that Lorraine, um, we, we kind of go, we have tons each of Pickens, my movie, Lorraine's movie. Okay. Um, and, and Lorraine um, has been asking me to watch this for a while and saying I should watch it. And I've been like, okay, I've kind of half an hour and I'll watch it. Um, Chocolat. Have you ever seen Chocolat before? I have never seen Chocolat. Um, okay. So I watched that during the week and I was more than pleasantly surprised. It's very charming. It's a very charming movie. It, it's got that kind of. A mysticism about it almost as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of almost like not supernatural, but there's definitely a, a kind of hint of, do you know what I mean? That in there, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of magic, magical. That's what it is. It's like kind of got magical elements in it. Do you know what I mean? Who directed really, that film? Oh, shit. Who was it? I can't remember now. No. It's Lassie Halstrom who directed yes. um, uh, Gilbert Grape. Yeah. Well, I've seen Gilbert Grape. Yeah. yeah. And also the first uh, film we ever talked about on um, this podcast. What was the first film we talked about? Um, a Dog's Purpose. Oh, that was a great film. That was, that was, <laughs> that was so good. But um, no, Chocolat was. Um, a, a really, really nice, pleasant surprise. I was proper engrossed all the way through. The acting was superb. Um, 
Julie Benoche is on point always. Yes. Depp was really good in it. I'm just everybody was in it. Alfred Molina. Man can do no wrong. Um, he's what such me, a is this a personal favourite of um, the good lady, or is it just she just, she, she just she just enjoys it and, yeah. and again we'll just chat and she'll be like, have you seen this? And I'll say no, and then she goes on a, a mission, do you know what I mean? To, yeah. to watch her. Um but we did I would just have tons each. Um so on on the back of that, so I watched Chocola, which um on my IMDb I rated it seven out of ten, quite happy. Okay. Good to know you're um, rating film from two thousand, you know, it's only a twenty one year old movie. Anything I watch or read. Um, it's, never, so, it's never too late. It's never too late to, every time you watch a film, it's not, it doesn't have to be our most recent film. Like every, like every film is can be everything. Even if films like fifty years old, there was somebody watching that film for the first time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it, yeah, and yeah. it doesn't nullify you because you came to it late. Makes no difference. It's still no. yeah, it's still there to be viewed and, and talked about. Enjoyed, and, yeah, absolutely. So that was Lorraine's choice. Um, it was my choice. A movie after that, um, and I picked a movie that I think you maybe spoke about last week. Okay. Um, it was a really really bad movie. What Can you it? guess which one it was? Shadow in the Cloud. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> did you not like it? <laughs> it was fucking awful, man. See, I thought it was. Mo- I thought it was. There was definitely a badness to it, but those bits of it I actually quite enjoyed. I enjoyed the stuff with her sort of in the ball turn and made it kind of like a sort of like the bottle episode, like a TV show. I quite enjoyed that part. Once you get out of like sort of the confinement of that, it was ridiculous. Like the bit, the bit of the explosion in itself was like... Was nuts. Was I, was nuts like, yeah. I know, I, me and Lenny just looked at each other with a little open jaws. Like, I was like, yeah. Um, what happened there? That I did enjoy nuts. the twist of like, you know, because it's based on the old um, Twilight Zone episode, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. What is it fucking... Is it a monster movie? Is it a spy movie? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, just pick, pick a fucking... You know, genre and, and stay with it, man. It's just I would nuts. say that I think she was badly cast in it. Yeah, I don't think she was a right pick for the cast. I like, yeah. I think someone like maybe, um, who is it? It was in Agent Carter. Oh, um, Haley Atwell would have been a better. She may have been a sort of better choice. I felt like um, Chloe Grace might be too young to play in that role. It felt like it didn't even really Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark, not, not a thing. fan, but not she would have worked for that as well. Um, yeah. so yeah, we, we watched that and um, it was fucking horrendous. Right? It's not good, I agreed. Do, I think we, gave it, I we actually get... gave it a six out of ten. We actually found things to enjoy, oh. and I think mainly because it was like under ninety minutes. Half that score. That's what I gave it. I gave it a three, and that okay. was that was that was me kind of feeling quite generous because it did at least swing for every fucking fence. Yeah, gave. and like anything under ninety minutes, I'll give a good couple of marks to just for being under ninety minutes. That's just, me just, for it, just for it. What I didn't get was remember at the bit at the start when they're introducing all the airmen, mm. and then it kind of flashes to this like. Weird black background that I'm standing. Yeah, that was over. a very odd stylistic choice. Well, what the fuck is why? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, the, 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 the creature itself was terrible. That was just so generic as well. It and also, like... there's some ve- the CGI in it was a particularly, <laughs> you know, late early 2000 video game esque. Yeah, very. Um, so I did, I did not like that at all. That was that was not a good film. That no. was bad. Um, so to but hear myself, I was on a Friday night. Seeing a Friday night when you sent it home late at night. It wasn't horrendous. Like I've, I've watched worse in the last like sort of. Oh, there's definitely yeah. There's yeah. there's worse out there, but it's just considering who was in it and stuff like that. And yeah. and when you read it on paper, and I've seen the trailer as well. The trailers the trailer are sells movie. a lot better. The trailer <laughs> yeah. sells really well. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. It definitely does not live up to what the billing of it was. No. Um, so to cheer myself up from that that misery, um, I watched Boss Level. Boss Level was fun, which was brilliant. I was yes. totally 
because I've, I've read reviews for this film and everybody's saying it's like, you know, perfect as a 10 out of 10 film. It's absolutely amazing. It's this, it's that. And I watched it and I enjoyed it immensely. Um, much the way I like Guns Akimbo, stuff like yes. that, John Wick, anything like that. Yes. Um, not, not quite a 10 out of 10, but it's a solid 7 at least. It's a, that's it. It's a solid 7 out of 10. It's a fun film. It's a silly film. It, yeah. It is, again, it's a Friday night. You had a couple of drinks watching it on BBC. Definitely. It's the kind of film you would get back in the day you rent stuff from the video shop and you would love it and then you would every time every, you would tell people about it to go and, you know to go and watch yeah it. Day, I, you know it's like not a cinema release it doesn't feel like a cinema release it feels like it's something that should be sort of it, it feels like it should be found on um video and dvd and stuff like that yeah. where it feels it belongs um i, I just I, i'm i'm both saddened and happy we see you see mel on the screen yeah I know. There's a I bit know. So you see when he's sitting on the, the couch explaining why he is the way he is. That he is just mm. pure movie star charisma at that point. And he just go, he is a phenomenally good actor and a really B movie. And it's like you can just tell he is slumming it because this is the only job he can get, which this... I, to- I totally get why it's the only job he can get. He is not the yeah. nice man anymore. But <laughs> he looking go, that is a fucking movie star. Like every engine yeah. is a movie star. Char- charisma and every poor. Do you know what I mean? Oh. It's just of also Frank Grill was quite charismatic as well. I've, I've never really of... seen him. I've only ever seen him playing Rumble and um, Avengers and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I've never really seen him do much more. But yeah, he's, he's definitely got a bit of. You know, I've seen him a few more. things, and he he's kind of just does the same thing he does as um, Frank Grill, essentially just to yeah. that kind of. But this one actually brought a wee bit more charm to it. Um, yeah. I thought Naomi Watts was a bit wasted in it. Getting good actress, but she did good. play a part well. But I, she was like kind of a kind of bit part. Yeah, Aye, generic female. Yeah, yeah, that's all she was. Which is a bit of a shame. But yeah. no, I, I, I think Bosley was on Sky and Cinema now. If you look at people, anyone's looking for it. Um, and well, well worth watching. Oh, no, it's on. Um, uh, Amazon, 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 Amazon yeah, it's one. It's like um, loving monsters. It's like that where you watch it and you will recommend it to people, and that's what gets it. Oh. The, the, the kind of cult popularity. It, it almost. Like that, it's almost like it's not quite as good as something like Dog Soldiers or you know, um, like Shoot 'Em Up or anything like that or Tremors or anything like that. But it has that kind of vibe to it. Where it's like this is a dumb film. You sit, you you enjoy it every time you watch it. Um, you might only watch it once a year, every once every four or five years. But you go, this is a really fun, well done movie. Um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I enjoyed it a lot cool. as well, actually. Cool. I've got but, one more, but I'm going to leave that till like the gun, end. I like Guns Akimbo more, though, in fairness. It's because Daniel Radcliffe's a badass. Well, true, true. Yes, he is. Um, I've got one more, but I'm going to one save more. it to the end because I want to hear what you've got to say now. Okay. So I'm going to well, wait. I have watched some movies. Um, two of them are based on Netflix things, and one is a cinema movie. So we'll start with some of the Netflix stuff. The first one, I, I assumed you would have watched this one based on... Um, what it's about. It's called Vivo. It is an animated film on Netflix, directed by Kirk D'Amico and co-directed by Brandon Jeffries. Um, Kirk D'Amico did um, Space Chimps and The Crudes back in the day, um, and the co-director uh, Brandon Jeffries is his first film. Vivo is about a little monkey in Cuba um, who goes to America in order to try and pass on the song of his owner who has died to his lost love. Oh, well, that's really yeah. sad, man. Yeah, yeah, really that's, sad. So they have to go to Florida, like... and he's got to try and negotiate Florida in, in order to drop this little uh, message off. And on the way, understands about life, love, and all the rest. Is um, it animated, yeah? Yes, animated. In the film, you've got Lin-Manuel Miranda. He plays um, Vivo. Uh, Zoe Zaldana plays someone's mother. Brian Tyree Henry pops up in it as well. And the love interest is played by Gloria Estefan. Oh, well, where's she been? Where has she been? Um <laughs> This is, I've not this, heard that name for years. This is is very much in in, um, in Boston, the sort of like Caribbean and Cuban culture, you know, that you get in Florida. So I think that's why Gloria Estefan is sort of like would be, would yeah. be prime. 
great the club they go to. It's not like what, what, what's a big club in Florida? It's like the Pina Colada Club or something, or the Copacabana or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's called say, some, yeah. it's called something like that, but it's not called the Copacabana because obviously license yeah. rights and stuff, you know. Um, this is it's very cute. It's very sweet animation. Um, it is very much aimed at sort of like under twelves. Yeah. Do any of your kids still under twelve? Uh, the wee one is, yeah. She might like it. Or he might oh, like he, it. Sorry. Yeah, he, sorry, he, yeah. Yeah. I may watch over the weekend with him. Yeah. Like, he might like it. Like, um, I like monkeys. He like monkeys as well. It's not. He's he's, yeah. he's, he's like a wee monkey in it. Um, voice casts are fun. They bring fun. The songs are good, but they're not really memorable. Like I can't really remember sing. I can't. I can't think of one in my head this now. But my little niece, who is like. Who she has been loving it. She's been like bouncing around to the sort of the soundtrack like the last like week. She has been absolutely adoring it. Um, and to be honest, there's not really much else to say about it. It's pretty predictable. There's not really it's not going to surprise you in any way. Um, but it's got a nice sweet message. It runs in at like under ninety minutes again. Um, it's kind of ideal Netflix viewing. It's it's just it's a nice sweet lovely film without being. It's not like upper echelon great animation like sort of like you know up with your Pixar's your DreamWorks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's sort of like I would say it's better than the Crudes, yeah. You know, and better than some of the Spickle Me sounds, but some of the Spickle Me's possibly. It's, just sort of, it's a nice, well done movie. It's a nice, happy, friendly, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of heart to it. Not um, enough for Mar- adults, I would say. That's maybe only maybe not enough yeah. for, like, for for an actual adult to sort of get a giggle out. It was very much aimed at children. I think my benchmark for animated monkey movies because there is quite a lot of animated monkey yeah. movies. Since is Curious George, there is no one. Yes, it's. Probably not dissimilar to Curious George in the sense of like sort of like where it's aimed at. Curious George is definitely yeah. aimed young as well. It's not aimed. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's probably on that um, on that level. Um, I I would say that Vivo is maybe not quite as cute as George, but he's he's still pretty cute. Yeah, the George is cute as fuck. George is cute as fuck. I've seen that film more times than I probably should have. Curious George. So do yeah, please. Um, I always like the bit. I always like the bit. The bit they did it back. Always like the bit at the start of Curious George where he's going through the jungle and they do that that song, the Jake Johnson song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just brilliant, man. That, that just it, honestly, like I could just watch that opening scene and my whole day is just lifted. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, that's fucking so, beautiful. George is a top animated monkey. What other animated monkeys yeah. do you enjoy? Um, space chimps. You quite enjoy space chimps. I, I didn't mind space I think, chimps. I quite enjoy space chimps as well. Yeah, actually. it's just quite actually quite well done because they're animated monkeys. Um, yeah. you've got Jungle Book as well, so you've obviously. got. Uh, yeah, King, what's his name? King Louis? King Louis. Yeah. King Louis from Jungle Book. There's another animated monkey as well. So there is, there's, there's a few. Tarzan must have an animated monkey in it as well. I think there was at one point an actual Tarzan cartoon. Plus there's the Disney one as well. Phil, that's the one with Phil Collins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, that one. I thought there must be a monkey actual. in that somewhere. Oh, yeah, there is. There's, there's monkeys <laughs> everywhere in that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yeah, monkeys are, anything with monkeys is watchable. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm not over the monkeys. I might watch this now. Yeah, and honestly, I think yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. It's, it's like I don't expect the greatest animated film of all time. Just enjoy, just enjoy for it. It's colourful, it's bright. The kids will enjoy it. Okay, we'll give it out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay, and for, for this one's for the viewers because my son's always like that. You're so obsessed with monkeys, so like we'll chat about monkeys a lot, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, King Kong's a big monkey," and I'll be like, "No, no, son, King Isn't Kong it? is not." A, King Kong's an eight. The difference is, ah, so I don't know. Monkeys have tails. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Well, this so thing's got a tail, but I think they call it. It, it looks very monkey-like, but they call it something else. Like it might be like not a monkey, but very monkey-like, possibly. Like like uh, a lemur, perhaps. No, it's not a lemur. It's definitely oh, more they, monkey than anything else. They're they're from Madagascar, aren't they? Yeah, no, that's just from Cuba. Anyway, yeah, you probably yell at me for telling me for telling you it's a monkey and it's not a monkey, but it looks very yeah, much like a monkey. 
I will look this up and I will find yeah. out. And if it's not a monkey, I will give you. It's the, but yeah, there you go, folks. So education from Colin tonight is monkeys have tails. Apes King, don't that makes have sense. Tails. King Kong's not got a tail. That makes sense. Yeah, he's, he's a big ape. Really, it's the same way King Louis and stuff like that as well. He doesn't. He doesn't ah. have a tail because he's ah. a he's an ape. Whereas chimpanzees don't have tails. Apes. There you go. I've, yeah, I've definitely learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vivo, six out of ten. Um, up next, another Netflix film. One is called, no, sorry, Amazon film. This one is, is it? No, it's Netflix. Netflix. I'm pumping on Netflix. It's Netflix. Uh, it's called Beckett, directed by Ferdinando Cito Film O Marino. So it's a good name. Well uh, you, done, sir. No. <laughs> you Say that with a dick in your mouth and I'll be really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I put at least eight more syllables in that name than I actually had to have. Um, but he wrote a film called Antonio, which is an Italian film. He's an Italian gentleman. Um, the plot of this film is it's, it's a couple who are like sort of on holiday in Italy. Um, and No, sorry, in Greece. So they're on holiday in Greece. And they crash a car while driving somewhere um, and they smash through a wall. She is killed, but they're rescued by someone who's in the house. But the police tell the guy that there's no one in the house. He's like, no, there's someone definitely in this house. I know for a fact that someone's in this house because they rescued us. But no, no, house been abandoned for, you know, five, ten years. There's definitely no one in that house. Then starts, people start trying to kill him because he goes back to investigate it to find out why someone's telling there's no one in the house when someone was in the house. Then starts to, a, a sort of intrigue as people start to hunt him because he's seen something in this house he should not be have seen, and it oh. sort of involves gangsters and politicians and murder and drugs. Right. Okay. That sounds yeah. quite quite thrilling. Yeah, it's definitely a good thriller. It's got John David Washington in it. He plays the sort of the main protagonist. He's the one who's trying to escape. Um, Boyd Holbrook plays a U.S. Uh, embassy official. You've got Vicky Cripps. She plays sort of one of the people who are hunting him. And Alicia Vikander, because she pops up in everything and she's contractually obliged to be in every single movie, I think. <laughs> um, she plays a love interest. She's in every movie, but for about 10 minutes in each movie. She's like, so oh, that's that's her basic... Sort of and then like, she, um, she, she's gone again, definitely. Yeah. She's um, like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. She's in fucking everything. She's like, she's, she's through so much. Anyway, so she's in it as well. Um, it's got a kind of... It's, it's well-structured thriller. Um that it's entertaining for when you're watching it and it, and it feels like it's an, like a grown-up film. It doesn't feel like it's pandering to sort of like to try and be, you know, for the PG kids audience. It's not like overly mm. violent. It is violent, but it's not like sort of like try to be violent. But it's sort of, it, it feels like it's making you just watch it to figure stuff out yourself a little bit. And um, yeah. just try to put which, it all on front Which is good. That I'm all for that. Films yeah. that actually fucking challenge every bit and say, you know, not like Christopher Nolan, who's just a no. dick. But films that make you, you know, just think a wee bit and, you know, you don't get need them. to be spoon-fed everything. And not every yeah. film has to be for every audience. Some films can be for people who are 18 and over and want to watch a film that's for a grown-up. That's what this yeah. is. Um, Absolutely. It feels very... Have you seen The 39 Steps? Yeah. I have years ago, yeah. Um, not, we, we were talking about that last night, me and Lorraine. I've not seen the original, but I've seen the remake with Robert Powell. See, I've seen the Austin Wells one, but I've not seen the Robert Powell version. Ah, Robert yeah. Powell version's good. So it's, Those are it's, awesome. Wells one, it's very good as well, actually. <laughs> um, so it's very much like the 39 Steps meets Enemy of the State. If that sort okay. Of so it's yeah, got that yeah. kind of vibe to it, you know, that, that kind of feel to it. Um, Does it feel quite paranoid and stuff like that? You do, because essentially you only find out stuff when he finds out stuff. So you, you're never given any sort of additional information that sort of, which I think sometimes it works for you. You know more stuff than he does. So you're mm. always like worried about what you, what's going to happen to him. When this, you basically find out things with him. So you're always in the, you're always in the lookout of what's happening. You always, you always have a sense of edge with the main character. Yeah. Um, the cast are all very good in it, but it is really only John David Washington who's got anything really to do, because he is sort of yeah. the main He's, he's he's one getting chased. Same way that Will Smith is the one who again to do in it, and then uh, anyway, the state surveillance. Yeah. yeah. 
So there's no real art to him. It's sort of he's just trying to survive. He's trying to get out, essentially. He's trying to get away. So there's no yeah. sort of there's no big reveal over like who he is. You know, he doesn't like come to any sort of like sort of major revelation about his character. He just sort of like Yeah, he's he's not like an ex-military commando, silver no. star marine, nothing. No, like he's that. like a software programmer um, and stuff like that. Um much like his dad, he's got like he has a real screen presence. Yeah, yeah. He's got that. He's got that thing that his dad has when you sort of like you feel compelled to watch him. You know? Which I think is gonna bode well for the rest of his career. But he has got a real kind of something about I don't know what it is about him, but it's the same thing that Denzel's got. He's like, there's something about this. You, you watch he looks but he sounds like he's there. he looks like him a bit, but he sounds the voice is so like him. Proper, like, oh shit, man, that's fucking weird. So, there's a few there's a few points in another film. Have you seen uh, Black Klansman? Yeah, yeah. There's a few points when he's on the phone in that film and he drops his voice just slightly, and it's like, holy shit, he just it's just his dad. It's just it's, he's ah. he is. Who who do you think? Um, Garden Path Time. Sorry. Um, who do you, who do you think the celebrator most resembles their, their their parents are or siblings or whatever? I think. Um, what you mean? I'm, I'm, so like, yeah, like the one for me is um, Scott Eastwood. I think is fucking scarily. Well, I see, mean, like he's a clone of Clint Eastwood. Man, he is, that? but see, here's the thing: I don't really know Clint Eastwood as a young man. Ah, like right, my okay. Clint Eastwood is pretty much from like I've seen him in a few westerns. Like so, even in westerns, he looks kind of grizzled in the westerns. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. things, but see, so my my Eastwood sort of like in the line of fire onwards when he's sort of just he's already a kind of old man. But when I see pictures mm-hmm. of young um, yeah. Eastwood, you can definitely see he's, he has. He's, oh, he's it's nuts! It's it's just some of the looks as well, but oh. the mannerisms. It's just like that. It's like it's almost like a clone. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's just fucking clone Clint Eastwood, and yeah. um, it's it's crazy. Who do you anyway? Anyone you can think of it? So um, kind of, but, well, Kurt Russell's boy. At times, yeah. At times, yeah. He has got yeah. the raw sexual magnetism of Kurt Russell alongside the good looks of Goldie Hawn, which just seems an unfair mix. It's it's his mouth is a wee bit off the cut when you look at his nose up and you're like fuck Kurt Russell and then uh-huh. he comes down and you're like that's not Kurt Russell. Yeah, but the, but the eyes that? are very Kurt Russell. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got the hair and the buffon as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's one I can think. I'm trying to think of other, other like sort of really good. Well, all all the Douglases. Share a, a certain amount of yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael definitely looks like um, Kirk for sure. There's yeah. no, there's no fucking differences there at all. Ah, um, they all look, well, they all look pretty similar. Because well, I was recently with Liam Neeson's son, and he doesn't look anything like him. You were saying that. What about Kiefer and Donald? The older Kiefer oh. gets, the more you begin to look like Donald. It, definitely, yeah. It, see, like twenty years ago, you'd be like, he doesn't look that much. No. Or something you can see, but he doesn't. But now you're like, it's weird because man, like. Young Donald just looks like old Donald. It, it, it doesn't look like Keith. Yeah. yeah. Donald Sullivan has really not really changed since about the 1960s. He's, just, he's the yeah, same guy because he's got white hair. <laughs> yeah, totally. But um, I, Kiefer's like, he's looking scarily like his dad as well now. It's uh, like, you know, oh, this is, this is not good. Uh, what about um, the Quaid boy? Dennis Quaid's boy, Jack? No, I, don't see, I, I think I need more Meg Ryan. I see. I don't know. I can see his dad. I can see it in the nose and the eyes. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. Oh, I think Dennis I think Quaid. he's more. I think I think he's more Meg. To be honest, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know it was Dennis Quaid's son until I, I, I googled him for some reason and I found yeah. out. Yeah, but no, I, I didn't think. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't notice that one. I think when I look at him, go. I can kind of see it. You can see. You can see there's definitely. You can see family traits kind of there. But no, I think he's more Meg Ryan than him. Um, think so. 
in anything else yeah i'm trying to think of sure. other ones. I'm, and honestly i'm actually going to blank of like actors who've got like sons who are like sean and jason connery did jason connery like anything like sir sean i don't think so no no he was like kind of i know sean's like a handsome man but jason was like kind of long blondish hair and stuff like that i'm thinking him in the robin hood tv show which is probably the worst yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming, and I'm also assuming that his mum wasn't some, you know, scruffer. I'm assuming Sean Con- uh, John- uh, Jason Connery's mum was probably a supermodel or some such like. Oh, it should have been, yeah, a <laughs> star. Yeah, Sean she didn't summit a- with, with the. Oh, no, no. Sean was. Um, Sean could have his pick of any hmm. girl he wanted. Any so man, woman, or child. He'd, he'd Sorry, uh, right. Back in track again. Back Sorry, on the pick, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Washington's very good in it. No one else really gets much chance to sort of really show much off. It's, just, it's kind of fair enough. It's, it is his film. It is sort of, he is the main protagonist. He is the one the camera's following. He is the one that you're on course with. So you're trying to figure out what's happening with him. Um, there's enough twists and turns throughout it. So, I mean, it, it rocks in about just under two hours, but it's enough to keep the interest in it. It maybe does wrap up a little bit too neatly towards the end for me. Um, but certainly not in a bad way. You sort of like you go, oh, okay, that's an ending. That's fine. I'm I'm content with that. Um, a bit of a di- Disney ending, or no, not quite a Disney. I mean, just sort of like all kind of falls into place. Maybe just sort of yeah. rapidly. If you know what I mean, it goes from like at one point I was going this. At one point I was like, oh my god, it's telling me quite a, what's going to happen. And ultimately, I'm going. This is only like 15 minutes left to go, so it's like ah, shit's going right. to have to happen quite. It, it does. It just all falls in, and that, there you yes, go. Yeah. that kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, I watched it like a sort of angered, like a sort of late night film, just sort of chilling out at home, and it's sort of like a good watch. I, I think it might have done well in the cinema. I, I feel like it's, it's could have been like a good kind of tense thriller in the cinema. It might have attracted a, a, a kind of a more sort of older audience, um, especially but, with, with Washington being in it, because I think he's got a bit a bit of kind of clout just now with, with Black Klansman and stuff like that. I mean, people are interested in his career, so yeah, yeah you're probably right. You're probably done done decent in box office. Yeah, probably would have done, but um, at home, a nice watch. I give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Oh, I might say to Lillian about that, because she yeah. does, like, the, the thrills and, and espionage and stuff like that. So I think 39 Steps is a good sort of base for it. Like, if, if you like 39 Steps, that kind of thing, it's got that kind of feel to it. So, um, oh, I will uh, recommend it. Sell, that's actually what you sell it to it. It's like the 39 Steps with Denzel Washington, but not Denzel Washington. But Denzel, but not. <laughs> Denzel, but not, yeah. Um, that works for me. I will, I will sell that when I've done. I yes. promise. <laughs> and on from that, we go to the last film of the week, which is one that I saw in the cinema and you have going to go and see in the cinema, so I can't spoil it for you in any way. And that's a film called Free Guy, directed by Sean Levy, who directed things like Pink Panther, the reboot. Remember the Pink Panther, the one with Steve Martin? Uh, Steve Martin, which I yeah. didn't like. It got a lot of shit. I didn't think it was that bad. I genuinely find that film... Both those films insanely funny, and I know I'm pretty much, in the, and I know you can enjoy. It, but I know genuinely that those two films are absolutely fucking panned by everyone. Yeah, but yeah. I, I found them very funny. I find the hamburger scene just fucking hilarious. Like it makes me laugh every time I'm, I'm watching it. And there's some genuinely, if the films themselves aren't great, Steve Martin is fucking going for it in those films. And so oh, we see Steve Martin doing that level of comedy anymore. He's not quite on that level anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, you know, do that kind of stuff. So I dig the Pink Panther film. So anyway, we digress again. <laughs> um, he did the one date night with um, Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Uh, yep, I've seen that. Yeah, you know that one. Uh, yeah. Real Steel. Oh yeah, with Hugh Jackman, the box, which was a bit of a disappointment. Was it wasn't quite. It was good, but it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. The trailer sold a better film, but it's better than you think. Yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah. And he also had a big cash cow of all the Night in Museums films, which are. Uh, all pretty good, actually. Really, one and two. Enjoyed three was a bit of a stretch. 
I didn't mind it. It's not yet. Yeah, it doesn't have the quality of the first two, but we still. Yeah, what was it? Chadwick in it? Was it number two? Is it Chadwick or three? Is it Chadwick? Oh, I can't remember. Number three is the one with uh, the Egyptians, isn't it? And, that must be the Angus. That one. He plays like the sort of Egyptian king. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's Anyway, um, so the plot of this film is there is a world where man wakes up, it's a very sort of perfect world, but you can tell something's not right. Um, and essentially, what you reveal is this is a video game, and the main character in this is basically playing an NPC, a non playable character. However, he discovers a way to become a real character in the game who can actually influence the game and not just be some a background actor. And when he does that, that sends the game into disarray and the people in the real world are trying to fix it. So this, he is essentially a new form of artificial intelligence and they're trying to make sure that the, the owner of the studio, of the felt game company doesn't destroy this because um, they want to keep him around. Right. Yeah, right. quite precious, right. yeah. But he only sees money and he wants to bring out his new game, which is basically a version two of this, with his roll over the top of this. And would destroy everything that came before it and, and destroy the, the NPC. Um, on the way, the NPCs try to find love with a, a human character. Very odd. That's that's weird. Yeah, I didn't yes. expect that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, that's, that's kind of a weird now. twist to it. Um, in the film, you've got Ryan Reynolds, he plays the NPC who's sort of influenced his, his computer generated world, Jodie Comer. And plays the sort of the, ha- the the game player who's trying to expose this game as what it, what it is. She's a uh, she's in Killing Eve. Have you ever seen Killing Eve? Seen bits of it. Um, is she think, uh, the bad guy or not? I think so. She's a scouse girl. I didn't know she was a scouse mm-hmm. until, until mm-hmm. I heard her talking. And uh, like, in this, she does a British and American accent, but she does like a sort of London accent in this. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her in an interview. She's like, "Oh my god, she covers her accent up really well because she, she's got a proper like sort of like Brookside accent. You know, it's like really." Mm-hmm. Like proper that no, way. I know uh, who you mean. Yeah. 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 Also got Taika Waititi. He plays sort of like the douchiest of douches. He plays like sort of like a um, Elon Musk cross with the Facebook guy, cross with every world, every world <laughs> designer. Just absolute dick of the highest order. Little Is he Will, having fun? He's having fun. Little yeah. Will Howry pops up in as well. He's in Get Out. Uh, if you know him. Um, he plays like the best friend in Get Out, the one who sort of like. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and who else is in it? Joe Keery as well. He is a guy from Stranger Things. He works in the Two Scoops ice cream store. Steve. Who? Steve. Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Steve from Stranger Things, yeah. That's not a bad cast. Actually. It's not a bad cast. Um, it's a nice idea. Um, I thought the execution lacked. It, it's like, see, we've, I would say, see, like something Ready Player One, it does this better. And I'd even say something like, because basically, um, with the film Boss Level is essentially a video game movie. Yeah. yeah. Boss Level does this better. The idea of it better slightly. You know, it's just sort of... Okay, so right, let, let's set the bar low and you can tell me if it's better than or not as good as Pixels. Better than Pixels. Better than Pixels. Yes, right, better than okay. Pixels. Better than Pixels, but under Ready Player One. Under Ready Player One, probably under Boss Level as well, I'd probably say as well. Okay. Cool, right, maybe maybe Mars cool. Boss Level. Um Ryan Reynolds, as always, has got a shit ton of charm. You know, he yeah, is yeah. a charming motherfucker. Yeah. What I am getting a bit bored of is that Ryan Reynolds seems to be doing the, the same thing in every film now since Deadpool. He it's it's becoming a bit tiresome because he's his public persona is very much like his on-screen persona. Yeah. So it's like it's like how much is this his acting? Just him just turning up on a scene and just going like this is, I'm just gonna 
brought out a few quips. They'll film it and then all of a sudden that's how it's done. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but yeah, I've yeah. not seen a lot of acting from Ryan Reynolds these days, you know, compared to what he may have done in his earlier days. He's definitely found his stick, hasn't he? That's yeah. um but which I guess I mean it's working for him. I mean, look at what he's he's done like so and in, in this same vein, he's got Deadpool. Yes. Um Detective Pikachu. He could as well. He's, he's, he's had nothing kid, that hits recently, so I'm not. Yeah, I, I kids, kind of, kids version, yeah, yeah. You can't, and you then, can't begrudge him for what he's doing, but mm, I know what you mean. But it's like, like I know exactly what to expect when I see a Ryan Reynolds performance now. It's nothing really that interesting anymore. You know, it's sort of it's just a bit samey compared even to that, what, even the Hitman's bodyguard is doing it and that as well, isn't he? Yeah. He's just he's just quipping back and forward. Um, oh. Everything I guess the difference is he's doing the same thing. Pokemon, yeah, yeah. Deadpool. Um, I'm, trying, I'm looking through his thing to any, anything interesting he's done recently. I'll go like that was a different performance, and it's life perhaps. Even that, he's a bit of quippiness in life as well. But he's yeah. he's knocked off pretty early in that. Um, yeah. Spoilers for for life. Um, Criminal might be the sort of last film where he's done something that wasn't just the quippiness. Possibly it wasn't. It wasn't a Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even that what and that wasn't selfless. I quite enjoyed selfless. I thought it was not bad. I liked that one as well. Yeah, Women in Gold. Yeah. It was actually not bad in that. Mississippi Grinds, that's a fucking great movie. He's in, in 2015. Never um, seen that. Um, Women in Gold was maybe the last like proper acting performance. Um yeah, I we seen that. Yeah. And it's the one he plays like the, the guy who's um he talks yes. dogs talk to him and stuff like that. Yeah, it's got Jim Arthur in it, and is it That's Simon a... Pegg or is it, is it Simon Pegg that does one of the voices? Is it Simon Pegg? Or Rob Williams, Williams maybe. Rob Williams does Williams. one of the voices yes. in that one, yeah. 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 That's a dark fucking twisted movie. Mm-hmm. Where he was taking chances and doing stuff, but yeah, you're right, he's found this kind of Deadpool persona, and it, it does work for him. I mean, he is, yes. as you say, he's charming, he's funny, and you do, that's why we go and see him. But yeah, it'd be nice to see him stepping out of the box and, yeah. Trying, trying something different, maybe? Trying to something, just something different, yeah. Um, because of that, it, it relies very much on his charm to get him through. Like the rest of the, the, the actors, and don't really much have a chance to do anything. And when it comes out of the end piece of the game world, it's pretty dull. I mean, we all love Steve from Stranger Things. He's not the most sort of interesting of actors to watch. You know, he's, he's, yeah. not got that, he's not got... The thing that Jill and David Washington has got when you want to watch him, see what he's going to do, God bless him, Steve doesn't quite have that sort of real kind of pull. Nah, for sure, for sure. He's not, he's not a movie star. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a good TV he's, actor, he's, he's not, not a movie star. Yeah. So when it's coming yeah. back to him, you're going to go, I don't really care, to be honest, what's happening in this world. I'm much more interested in the NPC world. And maybe that's part of the problem. They, they have to bend so many corners and so many twists and so many sort of like... To try and make the game world feel like real stakes. Because that's yeah. the biggest problem, is that like every time he dies, he comes back. You go, well, if he's just going to come back and back, there's no real stakes in this. Yeah, world what's, what it is. what's the point? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas at least in Ready Player One, they brought that in quite early. You know what what the, what the stakes were in that world. You know, so mm. that that worked better for me. Um, there's a couple of gen- there's a there's a genuinely because there's a genuinely great moment and a joke moment in it the last like sort of fifteen minutes that did actually something I was in was relatively full. Or not full, but busy-ish, and it flowed the cinema. There's genuine cheers and laughter at it. Yeah. But as soon as it happened, then you go, "That was so corporate," and I don't know why. I'm <laughs> like, you know, you feel you've been like, you know, you've, you've eaten the, the, the toffee, and you feel like, "Oh, that was really bad. I shouldn't have ate that." You know, if it, yeah, but you did. But I did, and I enjoyed it, and I feel bad for, for liking it. But it didn't. They go, "Oh, that was good." Um, 
and I kind of just, it's again, I wouldn't say I was bored at any point during it, but I never really fully engaged when like I really like loved it. If that makes sense, you know, I just sort of mm. just kind of rolled along with it, and that was pretty much it. So, right, so what I'm going to ask now is, yeah, I'm going to put this out there. Is I think I'd probably say maybe not now, but going back in the past twenty years or so, I'm probably more of a gamer than you are. Yes. Yes, probably um, that, yes. De- definitely more of like a kind of sandbox game or that type of game as yes, well. Yeah. Do you think I'll get more of it out of it because because of that? Or no, does, I don't does think there's much in it. There's not much in it about gaming. Like as part of the couple of those like Twitch people who are in it, but which is a thing. Um mm-hmm. but there's no actual thing like of him building the game and anything like that. There's nothing like that. all it basically is he, he is because he's just put on the game, all, all the characters who are NPCs don't have glasses. Anyone who's a, like a real character in the game. Who can interact with it? He's got glasses. He might actually get a pair of glasses and put them on. But he starts yeah. at level one. So you've got to yeah. try and build up his levels essentially, like you're doing any sort of fucking mobile yeah. phone game, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's the only sort of in point of the gameplay aspect of it is that he's got to do acts to, to bump up his yeah. levels. Yeah. It's not like you see, you're not like you're not seeing like a sandbox game where someone's building up, like you know, the Lego what the Lego game had probably more of that. The Lego movie and more of that. Yeah. It's just okay. You can see as he's in the game and he becomes self-aware essentially. Um, Sentient, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's kind of almost like Ek Machina, but with like comedy. It's, it's like it's trying to go with that route. You know, it's not it's not as deeply like sort of like you know dark as as Ek Machina, but it's the idea of like AI coming to life and AI trying to involve it. The interesting thing is the AI never impacts on the real world. Yeah, it's not ever trying to do that. It's the real world always impacts on the AI world. So there's some realism yeah. that way. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, interesting. Yeah, um, it's, it's it is funny in bits. There's some good comedy stuff in it. Um, like not good, but it makes you laugh, makes you giggle. Um, it's it's touching two hours, so it feels a bit longer than it has to be. Um, and I'm trying. I feel as like I'm being really negative on it because there was genuine stuff that I did I did enjoy in it, but just a bit. Blah, to be honest, most of it. Yeah. My, my, my attention wavered more than it should have. I think. Uh, I think maybe that's the way. Yeah, considering what the film's about and stuff, it should change yeah. your attention for a full, a full two hours. Yeah. Um, is, why can't they just do movies under two hours now? What's the problem? What, is it just is it becoming a lost art form? Or I think it genuinely is. I think I have no problem with two and a half hours for a movie if it requires it and it demands it. Yeah, absolutely no issue with that. But. Yeah, I think a film should be if you can get a film in ninety minutes, it feels people just don't want to do it anymore. You know, and it yeah. feels because I was watching the, the original War of the Worlds recently, the nineteen fifty three version. That is like eighty seven minutes long, and but it, it fucking packs in a lot. I mean, you look at Spielberg's version is great, but that's uh, like almost two and a half hours, maybe close, just touch over two hours. Yeah, so that means and there are, it it does labour at times. Yeah, the, it, it, there are times when you look. Come on. Do you know what I mean? yeah. Whereas with the original, no, you don't get it. It starts, it goes, and it finishes. There's no hanging I'm willing to allow me. more than 90 minutes for, say, an action movie to try and like, sort of have the action set pieces. But when it comes to stuff like comedies and like you know romantic comedies and even like sort of your horror films, yeah. if you go over 90 minutes and you've got to earn that. Yeah, and there's not many. There's not many to earn that. Yeah. 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 Um, so out of 10 for Free Guy. Six and a half. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Yeah, I a, think I sounded more point. negative than I was about it. Like Jill really enjoyed it. She she laughed and giggled all the way through it. And I did enjoy bits of just 
I wanted to love it more. I wanted to like, like more. So I, I was my attention wavered more than it should have done for a film that had this kind of cast and this kind of love in it. Um, okay, cool. That's I will us. give you my opinion next week. Right, couple things I want to go back to then. Go back to them, yeah, uh, yeah, a couple things. I've a couple. I've got two things that I've been. I've held held my cards close to my chest this okay. week, Mister Blair. Um, so another film that I watched. Um, on Amazon Prime, we watched this one on. Okay. So we went back. We went back to our old, old school movies. So this was a film from I want to say nineteen forty-five. Right. Um, and it's a film called And Then There Were None. Um, it's uh, Agatha Christie book. I think I've seen this. And it's basically all these kind of people are invited to this big mansion. They go along, and then one by one, they start getting bumped off. But it's in correlation to the. Ten Little Indians Nursery Ring. Yes. And there's the a TV show based one. on it as well. Yeah, there there is, yeah. There's been a few because it's Agatha Christie. I Christy. think there's been a lot of remakes. But um it was good. It was fun. I, there wasn't anyone in the actors that I was like, I know who that is. But it just had that old school kind of love and care about it. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just you know, the characters were allowed to develop and it moved along at a fine pace. I mean, again, I think it was just like 87 minutes and it just kind of starts and finishes and Jimmy just wraps everything up nicely and there's mystery, there's intrigue but because it's done in the 40s, I mean the effects aren't there so I, I don't know, I guess your imagination does a lot more and stuff like that yeah. I mean, as well, but it was, it was a cracking film I've told you this before, I, I, got, I get obsessed by this, but like one of the actors in that film, in that film is a guy called C. Aubrey Smith he plays the general on it mm-hmm. right? he was born Right. So this film came out in 1945, was it? 1945, yeah. Hmm. He was, you know, he was, he was born in 1867. It's nuts. And that's like the Wild West. There were still cowboys in. That, I mean, fucking, like, the Civil War was still going on then. <laughs> it's like, nuts, man. Aye. I mean, this guy was born in horses for like the yeah. main fucking so, mode of transport. The idea of a guy who was born in 1867, they being committed to history on camera. Yeah, making me, a movie a lot. Like, it blows my. It generally just it freaks me. It, it, I both love it and it's just amazing to me. This is a guy who generally is, who if we there's a there's a chance he'd never been photographed ever in his life if he hadn't been a movie actor. No one ever knew. Yeah, about. I, and now he's immortalised and serialised yes. forever and ever. Yeah. Man, it's brilliant. It's I would say so, like Agatha Christie. Like it sounds dumb to say, but even Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie's good. Like even if you've seen her stories before and read her books and seen the movies based on her films before, based on books before. Sorry. Any sort of new version of it, I still get wrapped up in it. Totally. It's like the last one with Kenneth Branagh. Um, well, that's weird, because during lockdown, obviously we loved the um, uh, Modern Known Express. I yeah, think, that's I think it. I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, I very watched, much so. I watched the Sidley Lumet version, um, sort of during lockdown, like during the first lockdown, and that was the one with like Sean Connery and everybody in it. Yeah. It is, again, I know who the killer is at that point, I know what the situation is. But it still holds up. You still watch the mystery unravel. It's still so. It's good. a fun journey. Who's Poirot? That one is uh, um, Peter Ustinov. No, it is. When, when you watched. No, it's not. It's uh, is it Albert Finney, possibly. Possibly, yeah. It's, it's Finney or Ustinov, one of the two. Yeah. yeah I, I think. I think Yustinov. it is. Um, Finney. I'm, I'm looking. For, yeah, Albert Finney uh, is the. Um, yeah. I think it was. Um, the Poirot. I'm looking forward to um, Evil Under the Sun. Oh, is it Death in the Nile? That's the next yeah, one. Worry about that one. Is it? Worry about that one is it because um, uh, Army Hammer's in it, they may have to go back and reshoot oh. it, you know. Oh, because, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was. Um, I don't know if, 
it, listeners know what we're talking about here, but it, it turns out that, that our Mr. Hammer's been accused of some quite horrible, horrible cannibalism, stuff. essentially. Cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's it's fucking nuts. Like, like yes. Army Hammer, Jesus Christ. I was telling Lorraine about it, and we were both just like, what the fuck? You know why? <laughs> Army Hammer comes from money. He doesn't see people as real people. He comes from money. <laughs> he sees them as food, apparently. Apparently, yeah. He sees them as commodities. Army Hammer is from... It's... Army Hammer is essentially Batman. The amount of money he's got. He's <laughs> pretty much bald himself a bat. He comes, from old, he comes from old school money. He, he um, is worth billions. His career's gone now, isn't it? His career's... I don't know if it's gone, but it's definitely going to take some recovery. And I think there's a few yes. films out there that he has shot already that have... Then we have to like sort of. So, right, I, I always like doing this because it kind of it's like kind of it's a bit naughty and I shouldn't, and it makes me feel good and bad. But whenever we discuss these actors that get caught in this kind of shit, mm. we we always kind of go back to Mel Gibson being an example, and yes. you know, Mel's the one that he seems to have been the first one that was publicly, you know, fuck you, man, you, your career's tatters, and he's never really recovered. Well. Fatty Arbuckle, Fatty Arbuckle might be one of the first one of the early ones as well. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah I, I guess. I Charlie guess Chaplin that, as well. Well done, he was a bit of cunt though. Um, Wasn't he just, he was accused of being Jewish, that was his problem and being a well, communist. I, I, think, I think the age of his lovers and stuff was always Thought a bit he, in question. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. kind of children that were, were his, maybe. maybe yeah. um, but Fatty Arbuckle is a shame because that poor man was innocent, wasn't he, after all that? And it was, it was yes. Yeah. yeah, it was such yeah. a shame. But um, I don't know. I just, oh, I just for Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Man's been dead since like nineteen thirty. I know, um, yeah. but I, I, it's just a shame. I just feel that Mel has, you know, Mel's been crucified for it, whereas everybody else is getting flogged almost to, to use like a last, you know, the last. Yes, thing. why not? Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, know what I mean? But he he's been properly like, dry, hung, dried, and fucking quartered. Uh, Braveheart, there you go. And everybody else is getting like, you know, you're an arsehole and you'll fucking suffer for a few years. But Mel, yeah. like, proper, got I, fucked over. I don't think Mel has repented anything he said. That's the problem. Mel has I, said yeah. it, and rather than apologising, he says, like, he's, he's, like, he was drunk, but he stands by it type thing, which does not go down particularly well. It's like, I guess. See, I've know. never really read any interviews afterwards with him to see what his mindset right. is on it so yeah, oh. I guess I he's doing a Q&A funny. session in Glasgow is he? he's doing like when? a it's like a black tie dinner event oh, oh yeah couldn't afford that um, no it's like 150 quid a, a head but it's um, I feel I feel like it would not I feel like I don't want to see Mel get drunk and get angry on stage I just <laughs> you know that would be a brilliant news story Mel Gibson attacks film critic <laughs> just I mean, I, I love like I do genuinely love Mel in his films. I don't particularly like him as a man. He's a great, he has a genuinely great director, and he has done some. Right, great so films. Can, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, the man himself is a bit is a is a, is a questionable commodity, and it's a shame. It it does the oldest kind of, I, I guess, he using this word to put to put a tag on it. Wokeness, yes, kind of annoying me because. Like you're saying, like I, I do enjoy watching Mel Gibson, and I, yeah. I do like watching, you know, Quentin Tarantino films, but they're mm. all done by Miramax. So now I feel guilty because I'm liking something that's done by people that have done bad stuff. But does that detract from the it's, art? You know, it's definitely you know, a tough question. I think what you can do, yeah. I think we can try and do is maybe you can't continue to reward them. So like mm. we all love 
like the Pulp Fiction, the Tarantino movie, the Ken Smith films that came out in the Miramax era. Miramax had a massive footprint in terms of, of indie films. Oh, and, yeah, and for me, it was, yeah. a, it, was a, it was a studio that got me into film in the same way that, you know, A24s became sort of the new benchmark type, you know, for mm-hmm. sort of that weird and interesting sort of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is, it's like, if Harry Weinstein releases something now, then I obviously wouldn't watch it or want to give money to it. I had real problems with watching Shadow in the Cloud because of Max Landis, who was a writer, was a credited writer on it, and he's obviously an absolute prick. So mm. I didn't want to, I felt bad rewarding him in some way. But from what I read in interviews, the script has been completely redone. He only managed to retain a story to credit on it because of the guild. So the, the women who directed it actually changed most of the dialogue and changed a lot of the story structure. So I feel less icky watching yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's the problem. Like, if, like, say, um, oh my God, I forgot, Kevin Spacey brings a film out, you know, mm. I'd feel odd watching that now. It's rewarding. He, what gets me is, right, let's say, right, what, what do me and you both love a lot? Um, fucking Gaslight, Gaslight Anthem, right? Okay. So, Kevin Smith directs a movie about the Gaslight Anthem and he has Kevin Spacey as the manager. Yeah. So, we've do you, know, do you know what I mean? It, like, you're going to go and see it, but you're going to, every time you see that, you're, you're going to feel bad because you're seeing this, but uh-huh. you know. Should you not see it? Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? It, well, see, I, I had a similar discussion it, it, with people it, it, recently. Tears, about, tears me up, man. Tears yeah, me I, up. I had a similar discussion recently with people like, say, talking about football sponsorship. Because, like, mm. so if, for example, USA are a Rangers fan, right? And Rangers suddenly get sponsored by the Church of Scientology, just argument's sake, right? They yeah. do horrendous, horrible things. If yeah. they pump two hundred million pounds into your club and you go and win the European Cup, do you care? You're going to wear that jersey still. That's yeah, you? that's the thing. Would you still wear the jersey? Yeah. Would you still be able to walk around in it? Would you still be? Able, would you still not care because you think well, it's still my club? And we're kind of like that with certain things. You know, we love certain directors, certain actors. Mm. Um, and if they're in a film alongside someone who isn't nice, do we still want to support that film? And it's it's a very tough one. It's a tough. It's one. hard, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I I do, and I'll still watch Mel. Um, do you know what I mean? I'll. I'll Kind of go out of my way to, to watch him still, but yeah, I feel guilty about doing it, and I I don't know, I don't feel like I should feel guilty, but I do. I guess that should be yeah. nature, isn't it? Should but yeah, I'm, I'm very very conflicted. Um, sorry, that was a wee right, like, last film you're talking about. You want to talk about last one? It's not a film. Guess what? Okay. I finished watching. I finished the Golden Girls. Oh good god! Oh my god, dude! Um, it was like quite, it's quite it's touching. emotional. They all it die was then? quite. No, they don't. No, they went. There was. They done a second, a, a, a kind of spin-off show called The Golden Palace. Afterwards, um, are we still all alive? Or they all, are some of them dead now? No, the only one that's alive now is Betty White. Um, they're all okay. dead apart from apart from Betty. Betty like, White won't, she won't die. She, she's a national treasure. She can't. Yeah. She, she can't die. She's just lovely. So she's, her, she's, her and Lansbury will not go. They, they'll be here, but after all of this. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely, forever and ever and ever. And then some. It, it, yeah. It'll be fucking God. Will be like going. I need to die now. We're going to leave me alone. Yeah. Be like, nah. We've still got stories. But um, no, it was good. It, it was. Very, I mean, I never watched, I was jumping in and out of it with Lorraine, so I'd kind of like she'd be watching it like fucking you know, seven, eight episodes a day, and I'd be jumping in and out. So I'd maybe mm-hmm. kind of watched half a the full run and all everything. But, um, dude, honestly, man, they just don't do TV like that anymore. So, I mean, it's got so much heart and intelligence and wit and empowerment to women before it was like relevant, do you know what I mean? Like that, like what it is now, and it's just this so, so much, man. And it's dude, everyone should watch. Golden Girls. If you're going to go, I would recommend that you watch, it's on Apple Plus just now, is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso? Yes. Lasso. Lasso. L-A-S-S-O. It has got um, Jason Sudeikis playing a football, American football coach who comes to Britain and gets managing a team in the Premier League. And it's full of so much heart and warmth. It is quite unbelievable how lovely it is. It's sort of the office, but with real 
heart to it. Like you, you just love everyone in it. No one's a dick. Like everyone sort of is trying to do their best. It's completely unrealistic as to what football is, obviously. Yeah, but absolutely. It's, yeah, but it's got absolute charm and warmth, and he is delightful in it. What was the one? You, I've never seen it. You, you will have seen it the one years ago that Robert Duvall was in and Alan McCoist. I'm in that film. Are you in that film? That went is to that Hampton one? to watch um, them film the scene. So you, I was an extra in that film. Oh, wow. So well done. What was it called again? Uh, Shot at Glory. A Shot at Glory. What well, I remember McCoy's that plays is... Celtic footballer. Uh, Michael Keaton's in it as well. Michael Keaton plays um, the Rangers manager. No, he plays the yeah. owner of the team. Um, yeah. On the day I was there, Brian Cox was there. He plays the Rangers manager. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Blue, blue blood fury. <laughs> had to, I had to wait for McCoy to do an overhead kick to, to in one of the games, and it took him about fifty takes to get his fucking overhead kick done. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, well done, you. First. Thank you. So, are you, are you? Can you see? You, I've never seen myself in it. I have watched it only twice. I've never actually seen myself in it, but I was there for the filming of it. Oh well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm entirely impressed. Um, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose my claim to fame is I wasn't in it or anything, but when I when I was a wee boy and I was dogging school or playing hooky or however used people say, but I didn't go to school one day. And uh, there used to be an old like kind of waste ground chemical factory, like they tore down where I stayed and they were right. making a movie. Um and it was about kind of bare knuckle boxing and stuff like that, and they were filming <laughs> a fight. No, but listen, they were filming okay. a fight scene, and it turns out um the actor that was fighting was um, Liam Neeson. So there you go. Oh, maybe he done, he done a sort of like almost like BBC drama type thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but the big man it's called. It's got Billy Connolly in it. Billy Connolly, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I. Billy Connolly not like a deck collector. He's like he's kind of no, he's like he's kind of pal or asshole pal in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of seen perhaps of that getting filmed, and I was a wee guy, and I was like, "What's this?" And then when I seen the film, I was like, "Oh my god, I seen that." <laughs> right, man. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so Golden Girls, you want to watch? Um, I should watch. Yeah. Oh, you should watch. No, you should watch. You should, sir. It's it's funnier than ninety percent of the shit that people watch now. Okay. Still, okay. every line is golden. The fucking acting is on point for everyone in them, and the chemistry is insane. Insane. Okay. Watch Golden Girls it's on Disney Plus. Okay, we have, Everybody. Rambled on, we have rambled on long enough now. I'm cutting this, I'm cutting this off. <laughs> Next week we've got a full cinema slate on on offer. We have got the Courier. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch, it's sort of some cold mm. war espionage, which I have seen and enjoyed. It's some of that filmed in Glasgow, from my Possibly, mind. actually, I'll have to check, but mm. some of it might look like this, have a Glaswegian look to it because they're sort of doing like old London, which sometimes mm. Glasgow, Glasgow does. Yeah. Um, also, out this week is Censor, which is sort of a very low budget indie flick that's getting all the rage. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen nuts reviews about that. Yeah. I'm purely mm. going in the fact that the editor of Empire has been raving about it for the past six months, so I'm actually quite intrigued yeah. to see it. Um, totally. What's it got? One that I cannot pronounce, but it's got Hugh Jackman in it. It's called Reminiscence. Uh, yeah, Reminiscence, yeah. It's That's got it. like a time, yeah. tra- kind of time travel you kind of It's almost. a time, tra- time travel love story. Is okay. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, um, I'm less intrigued now than I was, but we'll get that, that kind it's, of It's It's a huge act. I, mean, I think they're kind of packaging it as high concept sci fi, but I think, you know, they're slipping. The, it's it's a romantic movie. Com- right, okay. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also out this week, we have got the origin story no one asked for, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. I'm down with this. I've seen the trailers. I, I, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the guy, <laughs> so I'm actually down for this. He's he's the, the Asian boy that was in... Oh, fuck. Last Christmas. Yeah, that's him. Henry, is it Henry? Henry, not Henry Hudson. It's... No, not Hudson, no. 
but I know, I know what you mean. Um, I'm, I'm really up for this. I've seen it. I know what you mean. Like Snake Eyes, like who, who has Snake Eyes? Who, can, who in Britain? Who has GI Joe? I guess oh, is yeah, the yeah, question. But um, no, I'm, I'm all for this. The trailer looks pretty damn good. So Henry Golding, the gentleman's name. Henry Golding. He's been heavily for the new Bond. Oh, he could. Yeah, I could see him. Quite suave, handsome, and yeah. He's basically sort of like I think I think either Taiwan or um, maybe possibly Indonesia's answer to um who was the one to get killed in Britain? Jill Dando. He's essentially, oh, that, essentially Jill Dando of the, the subcontinent, oh, oh, and now he's oh, kind of an actor. He could put, put in Crazy Rich, he could he got cast in Crazy Rich Asians, and he was big in that, and then based on that, I think his the dailies from the dailies from that, uh, Paul Fig put him in that one. Uh, with Anna Kendrick, um, the murder story one. Oh, which oh yeah, the one where he's a husband. Yeah, yes. the, the best friend one with Blake yes. Riley. Yeah, that, that one. one. Yeah. And then, and then from that, he's got Last Christmas, and now he's at Snake Eyes, and he's been very heavily tipped for Bond. Snake Eyes, and I think that the kind of the vibe I'm getting for Snake Eyes on the trailers is like this is a summer blockbuster movie. Yeah, like, yeah that's definitely. that's the vibe I'm getting from it. So yeah, yeah man, I think this boy's gonna gonna go into this stuff. So I'm looking and at then Snake Snake Eyes is better, that wasn't the one Joseph Gordon Levitt played, was it? He played Cobra Commander, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember who played Snake Eyes in the original film. I can't okay. remember who it was. Not anyone really cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a very a very fair point yourself. So. Yes. Okay, <laughs> tell me where to find us. Uh, you can find us at number three beers in a movie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the usual social media haunts. Or you can drop us an email at freebeersinamovie at gmail.com. So let us know what you think. Um, should we feel guilty for watching Mel Gibson? I don't know. Is, Snake Eyes, is Snake Eyes relevant? Who is G.I. Joe? Let us know. We're here. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> I've been Action calling man. you. <laughs> I've been calling. You've been. Richard. And we have been. Three beers in a movie.